What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Good to see you, 5979. Well, as you can tell, things look a little bit different around here, right? And that's because we're starting a brand new sermon series called Pop-Up, all right? How many of you guys have ever had a pop-up before? Maybe on your computer, your phones? Nobody? You guys haven't had pop-ups. There are your hands. There you go. All right, so maybe it was one of those uh, crazy ones that said, like, you, the 1,000th person, you just won $5 million. You guys know what I'm talking about with those? Okay, yeah, that's spam. That stuff is not good. You want to avoid that, all right? Maybe... It was uh, like an ad that popped up, like Facebook and YouTube, they have those ads that are annoying, they'll interrupt your video and you have to watch their ad before you can go back to the video you're watching, you know what I'm saying? But pop-ups, they are a pretty powerful thing, you know, because they are trying to get your attention and get you to focus on whatever it is they're trying to sell you, they're trying to market to you and distract you from what you were doing, right? Now, I would like to believe that pop-ups and ads and stuff like that don't have a big effect on me, but, you know, I'm sure they do. But one day I was playing, um, I saw, I was seeing a bunch of ads, a bunch of pop-ups for the game Snake versus Block. You guys, how many of you guys know that game? Yeah. So, so I kept seeing ads for it, and so I got, one day I was bored, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to check this thing out. So I downloaded it, started playing it. Everything was going cool. You know, it was a good game. But then all of a sudden, because I got the free version, other ads for other games started popping up. And it wouldn't let me play, wouldn't let me finish the game unless I, you know, sat through it for like 30 seconds or played. It was trying to get me to play the game. I was like, I don't want this. So I just like, forget this. So I just deleted it. Didn't want any of that. So these are one type of pop-ups, but there are other types of pop-ups as well. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about some of these different other kinds of pop-ups. So real quick, the thing about like computer pop-ups, phone pop-ups, they're like super easy to just get right out of if it's something you're not interested in, right? You're busy, you want to go back to your video, you're like, forget this, and you move on. Well, with these other type of pop-ups, there is a secret, there is a key to being able to get out of them as well. And so we'll get to that a little bit later on. So with that being said, let's go ahead and find out what pop-up we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, Mariah, you want to be my volunteer? You said you wanted to pop a balloon. Mariah, you want to do it? You don't want to do it? Malachi? All right, Malachi, I need you to pop that for me. Just pop it. However you want to do it, man. All right, tell us what's in there. Tell us what we're talking about. What are we talking about tonight? What do you guys think it is? Video games? Jesus? Say it nice and loud for everyone. Insecurity. Thank you, sir. You can keep that if you want. You're good. So insecurity is the pop-up we're going to be talking about tonight. So let's go ahead and pray. And then we'll dive in. Father God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. And I just pray that you will move tonight, that you will have your way, that our hearts, Lord God, would just be open to receive from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So when I uh, started preparing for this message, the first place that I went was the dictionary. Look up the definition of insecure. 
So I figure that would be a good place for us to start tonight as well. So the definition of insecure, and you can fill this in on your handout if you want as well. Subject to fears, doubts, etc. Not self-confident or assured. And so obviously the underlined part, that's what we're going to be really focusing on tonight. So some of you in this room, you are just very naturally confident people. Okay, and then there are others of you in here, and you're not so naturally confident, and I would fall into that category. I don't naturally have a high level of confidence. But regardless, whether you're a confident person naturally or not a confident person, it is insecurity is something that we all deal with from time to time. So uh, and some common areas that people struggle with insecurity include some of the following. Maybe it's your appearance. Maybe you feel like you're overweight. Maybe you feel like you're too short, too tall. Maybe you don't like the way that you look. The size of your face might have a lot of acne. So some people struggle with insecurity in their looks. For other people, it's their athletic ability. They're not maybe super athletic, so they don't feel really gifted in that area, and they feel insecure about their athletic abilities. For other people, school might be an area where you deal with insecurity. Maybe uh, in your grades or you don't feel as smart as other kids. For other people, they struggle with insecurity really just about their entire life. And social media has brought this to a whole nother level because all social media is is seeing other people's highlight reels. You're seeing them at their best. You're seeing these people and they're just on some exotic vacation. Or you've seen other people and they just have the designer clothes. Or maybe they have a new car. Eh, not so much for junior high, but they got a new car. Or maybe they got the latest phone. Well, and so we look at what they have, and then all of a sudden we feel less. We feel less than when we see all that stuff on social media. And we think, my life doesn't look like that. And then one final area that's very common for teenagers to battle insecurity is their spiritual life. They do not feel confident in their walk with God. And these are just some. I mean, there are so many other areas that people can struggle with insecurity on. I'm going to be real vulnerable and transparent with you guys for a minute. And uh, one of the areas that I've struggled with insecurity in my life was my looks, my appearance. Now, I'm a a lot healthier in this now, praise God. And I I can acknowledge I'm actually a pretty good-looking guy. In fact, I got a picture from a recent photo shoot up <laughs> yeah i know yeah yeah looking looking real fine that's magazine quality right there i know if you want my autograph later you can get it don't worry ladies you pray you wait you'll get a good looking guy just like that one day and i'll just <laughs> all right so kid all kidding aside all kidding aside but looks is something that legitimately Like, I I didn't always think I was a good-looking guy. And when I was a teenager, part of it was I had acne really bad. And I just hated that about myself. And my daddy told me when I was around, by the time I was 21, it should be all gone. And I remember my 19th birthday, my 20th birthday, just waiting, praying, Lord, let it be gone this birthday. 21st came and went, guess what, still acne, something I still struggle with today. But that was something that I felt so insecure about, something that made me not feel confident about my appearance. And in addition to that, I felt like I was overweight. Now, when I was younger, I was a little pudgy. As I became a teenager, um, 
it, I looked a lot better. It kind of evened out as I got taller and stuff like that. But my looks or my weight, I actually wore large or even extra large shirts. There's a picture from back in the day. That's, that shirt was a large, but it wore like an extra large. It was huge on me. And I did that because I didn't want my stomach to be exposed. I remember going over to my uncle's pool and uh, we did that a lot in the summer, and I had older cousins that lived in that neighborhood, and they all had six packs ripped, chiseled, and then me definitely not so, and just felt so insecure, so felt, felt so self-confident whenever I would go over there. I actually updated my wardrobe in, uh, when I was in college and discovered that, to my surprise, I wore a size small. Now, I could have worn a size small, the entire time was I, I was a teenager, but I didn't like that because it felt too tight. My stomach felt exposed. I thought everyone was looking at my stomach. And so that was an area that I battled insecurity. Maybe that's an area for some of you tonight, but regardless, like I said, even if that's not your area, insecurity is something that we all struggle with in a, one area or another. So insecurity. So what happens if we don't deal with our insecurities, and I got a little thing I'm going to be trying to use throughout the sermon. We're going to see how this goes. Little, you guys know these little poppers? Yeah, it's a good one. So we're going to play with it and see what happens. So what happened was it, when we don't deal with insecurities, when they pop up, there is something far more dangerous that can pop up, and that thing is jealousy. Jealousy. How many of you guys have heard of jealousy called as the green-eyed monster, okay? That's a famous thing that uh, jealousy is referred to, the green-eyed monster. You have green eyes, jealousy, it's associated with that. So, like we did with insecurity, I want us to look at the definition of jealousy so you guys can see the similarities here. Jealousy, feeling resentment because of another's success, advantage, etc., so, and I got a, a line here for you. Let's go ahead and look at that. Most of the time, when we lack confidence, it is because we are comparing ourselves to others. So this isn't all the time this is the case. Stop with the balloon for me, sir. Thank you. Thank you. So most of the time, though, when we are lacking confidence, okay, then it is because we are comparing ourselves to others. So like I said, with social media or whatever it is, comparing somebody else's athletic ability or their intelligence in school, we look at them and then we see them as excelling. Oh, they're so much better than me in that area. And we see ourself as not measuring up. And so you can see it goes from a very simple step from there, from comparing ourselves to all of a sudden, now you're resenting them because of that success. And then jealousy has a foothold on your heart. And see, the reality is that our insecurities, this is something that we don't really talk about a whole lot. We kind of think they're maybe not a big deal. But the reality is our insecurities will eventually hurt others. So whether that's because of jealousy has gotten in your heart because when jealousy's there, it's going to impact your relationship with that person because you resent them. Right, David? So if you're resenting them, that's eventually going to come out. You can't hide that. Keep that inside forever. But even if you don't get the full-blown jealousy, if it's just insecurity, Annika, then that's going to impact the way that you relate to them because, because of the way you think about yourself. 
It can't stay there. So now the Bible word to describe everything we've been talking about is really envy because envy and jealousy are two different words in the Bible. That'll be significant here in a minute, but just, we'll just go with that for now. So all that brings us to the question. Nice. There you go. Random stuff, right? Just popping up randomly through the message. I mean, that's what we're doing. So what can we do when these things pop up? I know. Thank you, right? Missed my cue. What can we do when these things pop up? So thankfully, I have an answer for you guys. And it comes from the life of a man named Asaph. He was a guy in the Old Testament, and he actually struggled with insecurity and it had turned to envy in his heart. And he realized this, and he discovered a way to overcome it. So, and he shares his story with us about this in Psalm 73. So we're just going to look at a few excerpts from this psalm and see how we can apply what he learned to our lives. Amen? All right. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling my steps had almost slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Okay, so Asaph, you see it right there. He's saying he was looking at the lives of the wicked. He was saying, what's going on, God? They seem to have it good. They have it all together. And then he was looking at my life and saying, God, what's going on? This doesn't make sense. So he had let envy come into his heart. And so then the next few verses, don't go on just yet. The next few verses he kind of explains, amplifies what exactly he was envying in the lives of the wicked. And then he comes to the point where he's, he realizes that his perspective had been off. And he then tells us um, what changed. So let's go ahead, and that brings us to verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Okay, let's do a quick recap here. So remember, Asaph, he told us that envy had come into his heart. He was resenting um, the wicked. And if we're honest, even some resentment towards God had come in. And so he was looking at the lives of the wicked. He'd become envious of them because, so envy, he wanted what they had. So, but then... We just read the verse. It says that his perspective had changed. He said that the only, he doesn't want anything except what? God. He doesn't want anything except God. And that he is his portion or his inheritance forever. Do you guys see that shift? He goes from, I want what the wicked have. I want their car. I want their phone. I want their clothes. I want their stuff. To saying, God, I don't need any of that stuff because I have you and you are all that I need. Does that make sense? And so in this, we see the secret to handling insecurity and jealousy when they pop up. And that is the cure to insecurity is identity. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them the cure to your insecurity is identity. <coughs> now turn to your other neighbor and tell them the cure to your insecurity is identity. All right, now I want you to... Point at yourself and say, the cure to my insecurity is identity. Go ahead and say that. The cure to my insecurity is identity. 
All right, so let me go ahead and explain this to you guys for a minute. So like we've kind of already said, so insecurity is a result of focusing on ourselves, right? It's a lack of self-confidence. And a lot of times insecurity comes because we are comparing ourselves to others and we're feeling inferior to them. And so in order to cure this excessive focus on ourself, Malachi, we need to shift our focus from ourself and put it onto something other than ourselves, right? Makes sense. And in particular, we want to shift our focus to God. Now, don't tune me out. This isn't just the Christian answer, God, Jesus, focus on God, okay? You see, the reality is that your identity flows from God and your relationship with him. Ladies, are you with me? Are you with me? Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So your identity flows from God and your relationship with him. And so when you believe what God says about your identity, all of a sudden you have the ability to walk in it. You see, the, you and I know this, right? We know the, the reality is we may not be the best athlete around, okay? We know that we may not be the best student in our school, right? No shame in acknowledging that. We know that you and me are probably not one of the 100 most beautiful people on the earth today, right? I'm just saying. I'm just being real, okay? So, but... But, listen, the beautiful thing is that those things don't really matter because those things aren't what determine your identity because your identity is based on Christ. You see, God is wanting to say something to you guys, and he's been saying it all to worship, so I hope that you catch it. You see, it doesn't matter what these other people say. It matters what God says. And God, let me just tell you for a second what God says about you, LBO. God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God says that you or William are precious in his sight. Like Pastor Stefan said earlier, it was straight from my notes, y'all. God says that he is crazy in love with each and every one of you. God wants you to hear something tonight, all right? He wants you to know that you are righteous. If you are in Christ, he looks at you and he doesn't see your faults. He doesn't see your sins. He sees that you are righteous. Amen? Amen. I am so, I don't know about you guys, but I am so glad. And it gets me fired up. And I'm so glad that my identity is not based on the world. That is not based on the lies of the devil. That is not based on how you're doing, how or how you're doing, or how you're doing, that my identity is based on nothing short of Jesus Christ himself. Can I get an amen in the place? So all that brings us to a question, at least it does to me. So how do you know what your identity is? How do you know what God says about you? And there's a very simple answer for that. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. And if you don't know what your identity is, then I want to challenge you. Don't play games with that. Don't waste time with that. Get in the word and find out what God says about you. You see, godly confidence, guys, it is not based, it is based on God, not on ourselves. Amen. So I want to go back to uh, the beginning just for a minute. We were talking about computer pop-ups. 
and talking about uh, like phone pop-ups. And we said, remember, that it's very easy to exit out of those things when they're not important to you, right? You guys with me? We said it's just, it's just an annoying distraction we get right out of. So when insecurity and jealousy pop up in your lives, it's the same thing. You see, when your identity is found in Christ, it is very easy to just dismiss those things and move on with life. Don't even miss a beat. But if you don't know what your identity is, then insecurity and jealousy, they're going to get a hold of you. And they're going to latch on. It's going to be a lot harder to shake those things and do what God's called you to do. Because why? You don't know your identity. So say this with me. The cure to insecurity it is identity. Say it one more time all together. The cure to insecurity is identity. Good stuff. So I want to bring this to a close for you guys. I want to do this quickly, so hang with me. So I've already told you I'm not a super confident person, so I've dealt with insecurity a lot. And I've got victory in some of the areas, Isaac, and others I'm still working on, just being real. And so one of the areas that actually I've been working on is accepting the love of God. Now, I think you might think, well, that's kind of weird to hear coming from a pastor, right? But I'm a, my personality, I'm a perfectionist. And so that means I know just how far short I fall of the glory of God. And it's hard for me to believe sometimes that God could love me. But because I realized that this was an issue in my life, guess what I did? I got in the word. That's right. I studied what God's word had to say about this. And I'm nowhere near being done. And I've really only tipped this, uh, the beginning of it. But I can tell you guys clearly this. And I'm telling you, God wants you to hear this clearly. That he loves you. And that he loves me. No matter how far short I fall, no matter how I sin, his love doesn't change. He still loves me. He doesn't want me to walk in those things. He doesn't want you guys to walk in those things. But his love is constant. His love is there. And so when those insecurities, when they pop up in my life, I remind myself the truth about what my identity is in Christ, that God loves me no matter what. The cure to insecurity is identity. And the best way to discover what your identity is, is by being in the word.